This is Rock and Roll English. Real people, real English. Here's your host, Martin Johnston. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Rock and Roll English, episode number 323, baby. Oh, yeah. In today's episode, I speak to the Hellraiser. Yes, he is back, and he is bad as always. And we talk about drinking, drinking alcohol, because I've seen that drinking alcohol has got a bit of a bad name at the moment. So I thought I would just make a case for the benefits of drinking. So keeping things very rock and roll and doing things the right way here, as always. Remember, if you have any difficulty understanding any of this, then check out my online course, Jungle Listening, which is the only course on the market which breaks down fast spoken jungle English and transforms it into something simple and learnable. But that's enough of me talking. I will talk to you at the end. Happy listening. Hellraiser, how are you today? Wonderful. You? Always fantastic, Hellraiser, even though we are recording this on Zoom and you are a big blur. You told me you have condensation on your computer. I'm still not 100% sure how that happened. It's just hazardous weather where I am. We're having uh, uh, some uh, some bad weather and uh, condensation got its way into the camera. <laughs> yeah, generally I, I can understand that for Windows. Um, very strange for computer cameras. I know, I know. I was also, it's a first for me too, but uh, I think we can get through it. If you squint, you can yeah. see me, right? J just about. Lovely vocabulary there. Squint, sort of close your eyes a bit. But anyway, Hellraiser, how do we usually start the show? Reviews. Do you think we have a review? Yeah. Unfortunately not. I haven't really been what? pushing reviews recently. Not only that, I think this is almost to the day, seven years since Rock and Roll English started. So anniversary pod, no reviews. What a horrible way to start the new year, hey? That is sad. And also, why didn't you tell me it was the anniversary pod? I would have well, not got condensation in the camera for starters. <laughs> Secondly, we, we could have done some kind of celebration. Yeah, like we did for your birthday. Um, remember that? We had a, a real big podcast for your birthday, didn't we? Did we? <laughs> yeah, it, it was so mental that you can't even remember it, okay? That's how crazy it was. Um, which actually kind of brings me on to today's topic, actually, because something I wanted to discuss with you, Hellraiser, because... One of our good friends now has put himself firmly on the wagon, said he's not drinking anymore. And this is, I think, a trend which I've heard. It says young people are drinking less now. And some of them are actually teetotal. I actually got a statistic. 26% of people in the UK from 16 to 24 are now teetotal, meaning they don't drink. No way. A quarter. That's that huge. That is what I got from my five minutes research. And I see you fluctuating, Hellraiser. You're one extreme or the other, really, aren't you? You're on the wagon not drinking, or it seems like you're trying to destroy the wagon. And 
<laughs> set the wagon on fire. Well, uh, just go at twenty five percent. That is that's a lot of that's a lot of boring people. Uh, <laughs> exactly. In fact, this is the point of the podcast. Well, number one, to see how ingrained it is in our culture. Number two, I, I think drinking's got a bit of a bad name. So I thought we could talk about some of the benefits of just getting drunk. Benefits of boozing. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that's a good podcast title actually benefits of boozing uh, yeah um so well what about you where are you at the moment at what's your status so i i had uh, a 10 month um off period okay. yeah um just just to see how it was really okay. uh, <laughs> and um then uh, christmas came along and i thought i'll i'll uh, go back off the wagon so, so set okay. the wagon on fire so so i did um i mean christmas is quite a difficult time to uh to kind of meet up with people and, and not have a, a drink isn't it mm, absolutely so I, I thought i'd have it as my go month my green month yeah in our whatsapp chat you described it as yeah your go month where you said yes to everything <laughs> i liked the word everything there not only just alcohol just everything Pork pies, uh, yeah, everything, everything, loads yeah. of things. Okay. Um, so, and where are you now then? So that was Christmas. Are you still on the yes or is it back on the wagon? Back on the wagon now. Right. Okay. So, but I can still talk about the benefits of, <laughs> of booze. Still, still more than qualified to talk <laughs> about the benefits of alcohol. Not a problem. Not a problem. <laughs> right. So, well, I thought we could look as well how it's so ingrained in our culture because, like you said, it's difficult to meet up and not drink alcohol with people in the UK right. because it's such a part of the culture. So I thought we could start with when we were kids, so your first experience with alcohol. I remember my dad, for example, giving me some beer when I was probably eight or nine and it tasted like the most disgusting thing in the world, just thinking, what the hell is that? And I remember talking to my mum and she was saying well what are you going to do when you get older and go to the pub and I said well I'm just going to drink orange juice um, <laughs> which you did do a couple of times <laughs> yeah generally vodka and orange juice but um yeah but yeah do you remember those early days tasting alcohol I do yeah I remember when I was quite young my my nan, Irish nan, used to put uh, like whiskey, whiskey Irish, on her finger. Irish grandmother must love drinking. <laughs> she doesn't, but she likes other people to drink. Okay. So she, it would be, you know, you can get the baby to sleep a bit easier if they have a <laughs> finger of whiskey or whatever. But then I remember uh, being around sort of, yeah, eight, nine, ten, and then trying beer and thinking, God, this is disgusting. And then having shandy in a can, which was you know half lemonade, half beer, yeah. and thinking, yeah, I can I can deal with this. And having one, and it was like probably point one percent, and thinking, whoa, this is crazy shit. Yeah, it, that strange thing though of like I don't think anyone drinks alcohol for the first time and says this is amazing, but it's like you have to force yourself to like it. In fact, when we first started going to the pub, sort of, you know, 16, I wasn't really a fan of beer, but I kind of thought, you know, I can't say I'm going to have orange juice like I told my mum I would. So no. you think I'm just going to have to drink this until I like it. And obviously now I, I love a 
a pint of beer. But then it's like you have to force yourself to do something which you doesn't actually yeah. taste very well, but just because everyone else does it. Yeah, but then after about what is it three six months, then you're you've you've broken the back of it, and you're like, yeah, okay, I can do this without without being sick now. Like, yeah, like smoking, the red wine, whiskey. <laughs> no, no one likes any of those things when they first do it. You just have to push yourself. Yeah, just just keep advice to all sixteen year olds. Yeah, you might not like it now, but just keep going. And then you will get there in the end. And there'll be a point where you you can't give it up. And uh, (laughs) it's just a weird, ironic cycle. Until you get to like nearly 40 and then have like (laughs) 10 month periods of of not drinking. Um, So I actually as well, talking about culture here, on the street I live in now in the UK, there are actually two pubs and we got a Christmas card from both of those pubs christmas cards from the pub that's lovely that's great <laughs> yeah i know i i i thought wow and it made me just want to go there and get drunk obviously I, obviously i think it was a marketing um strategy but a bloody good one at that did you go did you go and get did you receive the card and just go there and go on a bender <laughs> uh, lovely term there a bender difficult to describe that one really isn't it of just going out and not knowing where you're going to end up and getting putting anything in your body, really, isn't Fro- it? <laughs> I guess the posh way to say it would be like uh, throwing caution to the wind. Right, yeah. Um, but no, I haven't been on a bender because the last time I went on a real bender was in September, I think. And I kind of thought, I don't think I will ever do that again because have the the recovery period after a bender with kids is very, very difficult to deal with. Very difficult. When you get woken up with kids jumping on you at six o'clock in the morning. Is... Oh, no. <laughs> um, but again, going for the, just for anyone that is teetotal and thinking drinking's not great. The fun I had on that day, the day before <laughs> was just not comparable to anything else that has happened to me in the last five years, including getting married. <laughs> So what you're saying it was it was worth it? Uh, yeah, I would say, but just to make sure it doesn't happen regularly. But it was just one of the best memories I have of that night is because I, mean, I, I say night we started drinking at midday, and I think I was I was home by ten. Uh, but <laughs> that's I, not bad. That's a ten hour <laughs> session. That's pretty good. But I remember being on the train. And sort of everything sort of moving, like spinning in your head. And just, it was quite fun to try and make people think that I wasn't about to die, which I felt like I I was about to. But it was quite a fun game for me just to sort of think, can I keep my head still without moving it left and right? Um, And look straight forward without like your eyes (laughs) flickering from left to right. And can I... Can I actually get up off this chair? Um, there's, there's lots of fun games. but um, So going back to the culture thing, listen to this. Some of my five minutes research, Hellraiser. Yeah. I, this was from the BBC as well, this study. No other generation drank as much in their early 20s as people in Britain as those born between 1980 and 1985. Wow, that is so, us. 
Exactly. Apparently in 1950, the average British person had 3.9 litres of alcohol, okay, which in terms of like bottles of wine, I think would be around about 35 bottles of wine, okay. In 2004, which was, I would say, probably our peak, Apparently, that was the year with the highest consumption of everyone having 9.5 litres, which is the equivalent to 100 bottles of wine a year. 9.5 litres of alcohol? Yeah. Of pure, pure alcohol? P- pure alcohol. Right. Yeah. Okay, that's a lot. Uh, yeah. Uh, the equivalent of 100 bottles of wine. So we had that that peak. So that's something I suppose that we can be proud of. Um and there were some reasons for this. So apparently in the mid-90s were when the Alco Pops came out. So it says here, including <laughs> Hooch. So for anyone that wasn't living in the UK in the mid-90s, Hooch was kind of, I suppose, like orange juice, really, wasn't it? Fizzy orange juice. Friendly booze. Yeah. Um, and was aimed at people that probably didn't like beer. So people started drinking more. And in fact, it got me thinking of my first, the first time I got drunk... I was drinking Smyrna Ice, which um, oh. was kind of like lemonade. Um, and but again, wasn't it's not really a strong look, is it? So now, if I'm for like I'm nearly forty, if I'm going out drinking Smyrna Ice, <laughs> you, someone's going to call the police. Yeah, there, there was there's, people are very judgmental in the UK. In fact, with some friends not that long ago, only a few years ago, I, I ordered a pint of Carling, a specific beer and everyone i was with just shook their head yeah good it's a terrible beer what's wrong with it (laughs) well well from my university days that was the cheapest one so i I just still got that from my 2004 (laughs) peak of drinking just thought well have a carling because that's the cheapest one so then i'll be able to drink more because i'm drinking the cheap one um Times change, though, don't they? I mean, you can get away with that when you're a student who has like about 30 quid a week. But uh, yeah. as a, you know... Uh, English uh, teachers uh, only get that much as well, so... <laughs> oh, right. Okay, so financially you haven't changed. It's just your age not, has changed. Not at all. And that nobody, is... nobody knows about the backstory. They just see your age. <laughs> and that's why I honestly think, I think I've said this before, like £20, if someone gives me a £20 note... Yeah. I don't think I will ever get to the point in life where I think that's not a lot of money. I always, if I've got a twenty pound note, I'm thinking, "Oh God, I'm I'm You're having a big one." For action. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is it. I'm going out with with a score as a twenty pound note can be referred to in my back pocket. I am having it, and yeah, just living in the UK in general. Um, when, for example, I was looking at some jobs recently and then you see some jobs and it says like 10 pound an hour and in my head i still think well i remember working at the supermarket and getting paid three pound forty you had to work i actually used to work after school from five till eight so i had to work three hours so my three hour shift and i was getting like 10 pounds yeah, but they were a sweet ten pounds, though, wasn't it? I mean, you. Could, I mean, remember withdrawing that crisp ten pound note, going to the pub and having five beers. Um, but that's why. That's what I'm saying. Twenty pound for me is always going to be a lot of money. Remember as well, Hellraiser in the the city where we grew up. It was a town then. Actually, there was one cash machine where you could. They would let you withdraw five pounds. So that was yeah. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, that was a popular one. Um, so yeah great time so other reasons the um, consumption increased was apparently to the increase in vertical drinking do you know what this is Hellraiser it sounds great what is it (laughs) Um, standing up well, because yeah, that's what I thought. My my first thought was, well, what is horizontal drinking? <laughs> drinking in bed. That's, Literally. Yeah. When things are really bad, maybe. <laughs> just, yeah, just the idea of lying flat on your back and drinking. Um, but no, apparently vertical drinking was the introduction of like disco pubs, let's say. Um, so like traditionally in a pub you'll be sitting down but when you went to those kind of like bars as they're called um, you would have like high tables and you would be standing drinking so that means Um, that makes you drink more I think I think it's because they usually played shit music that you had to be drunk to (laughs) to enjoy it that was the main thing and they were terrible places Mm. and they still are absolutely much prefer a sit down sit down beer Oh, these days, yeah, but then... <laughs> these days. Yeah, I mean, as well. So there were two, I would say, objectives of mine every time I went out, in, let's say the peak 2004. Number one was to drink as much alcohol as possible and get as drunk as possible. And number two was to try and find a female friend. Now, number two right. very rarely happened. <laughs> but right. I used to, I used to go to those places in the hope that it would be happen. I, I kind of think it's like football. Like there's always a chance, even for someone like me. Okay. That was my mentality in 2004. It's, pr- it's not going to happen. I know, but there's a 0.01% chance that a female may say hello to me. And even that, that was a win. That was right. a win. <laughs> but you have to put your shin pads and your boots on and get out on the field, don't you? <laughs> oh, exactly. You have to, you have to be there. Yeah, you have, you have to, to be there. That's showing up is, uh, is the first part, right? Absolutely. You have to be in it to win it, as they say. Um, <laughs> what do you think your ratio of money spent to finding female <laughs> friends ratio would be? I would not want to think about <laughs> that ratio. <laughs> or even just ratio of... Going, going out. Going out. <laughs> so again, if you may use a football analogy, you think of maybe like a, a striker, for example. You talk about how many goals he scores in a, every game. So he might score, for example, one goal every two games. Yeah, I, I'm, we're talking, I would have been the worst striker in, in the history of football. <laughs> Put it that way. Um, but uh, going back to other reasons. So there is... Um, upselling strategies apparently started so when people for example asked for uh, vodka and orange jack daniels and coke people would try to upsell and say how about a double now you obviously worked in you've got in your broad experience hellraiser is that one of the techniques you used when selling people alcohol absolutely definitely yeah Yeah, i mean they we were even told to to do that by the uh like the brewery companies they were like yeah you know just uh i'll make it a double uh (laughs) well and i think of myself eh? so many times i've been in that situation you go up uh jack daniels and coke please and they say do you want a double and you think fuck it why not let's go for it well everyone does doesn't they yeah (laughs) yeah 
Um, and yeah, reminded me actually of a night out. It was actually a, in the pub night. We had Hellraiser in a pub many years ago, more than 20 years ago now. And we both went our separate ways after this, had lots of doubles of whiskey, um, yeah. of Jack Daniels and Coke. And that was when I woke up. One of the only times I've woke up in my own sick. Um, so I do remember that. Not, but weren't they ser- sell- serving as triples then? I think that was the problem. I think maybe we told we we mentioned that to ourselves to make ourselves maybe. better. I'm not a hundred. I'm not a hundred percent sure if that was um, if that was true. But that does sound like a made up story. Now I've repeated it. Yeah, but let, let's go with it. Sounds. I think good. it was triples. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. That, that's why you were sick in. And was it your own house you were sick in? Let's not go there, Hellraiser. Okay? I don't think it was, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe that's for another podcast. For another podcast, I woke up with sick. Okay, that's all we need to know. We don't need to go any further into that story. Um, so it says here as well that. Um, Around that time, young people regarded alcohol itself as crucial to a night out. Was that your mentality, Hellraiser? Of course. Why would you? <laughs> why would you go out without it? I mean, couldn't think of anything worse than being in a social situation without uh, without some kind of some oh, booze or a I, club or a, like a, yeah, just no. Why would you I, go and watch the football without a beer? Why would you do that? I I, I agree. I once made the mistake of round about that time of being des um maybe you can explain oh. to people what what i mean by that hellraiser being des designated driver designated so driver. you go out with everybody mm. and you have to drive everybody home yeah. I, I have got no idea why i volunteered to do that but after that i thought i am never ever going to do that again in my whole <laughs> life <laughs> it was absolutely awful we in a nightclub it's loud music everyone's really drunk you're not and then you're trying to pretend you're having a good time and then to make things even worse you have to drive everyone home that are all completely drunk in the back of the car yeah and you've watched them have a great time <laughs> and they're all you know buying uh takeaways and eating them in your car and yeah yeah, yeah. it doesn't yeah. sound great no so um yeah again advice to young people never be des just just go out and, uh, and get as drunk as possible <laughs> this is the pro pro alcohol <laughs> podcast right yeah um, and something else it says here that um apparently around that time preloading became something of a thing and by preloading it meant drinking at home before you went out now I mean, it's a stupid question for me to ask you that, Hellraiser, because I remember many a time in your bedroom when we were 16 or 17, Amen. getting as drunk as possible. But the, the thing I think about when we must have gone downstairs, like after drinking a bottle of vodka, like what, what like your mum was thinking? <laughs> well, that's why we just had to get out of the house really quickly after listening to the Kylie Minogue album on repeat. Like, what are these guys up doing up there listening to Kylie Minogue on repeat drinking a bottle of vodka for um, I specifically remember once at Corporal Comer's house okay so the story of Corporal Comer's house will continue in the members area the rock and roll English family membership area with 1000 extra podcasts weekly online lessons 
and lots more. So if you would like to listen to the rest of the episode and become a member, go to rockandrollenglish.com, then click membership. So let's have a look at some of the vocabulary from today. We spoke about the Hellraiser's video being a bit blurry. So if something is blurry, especially videos, it's not very clear. The Hellraiser spoke about being teetotal and how young people now are teetotal, 26% I think it was. So if you are teetotal, it means you do not drink or I think it also means you don't take drugs. Let's say you don't put harmful substances into your body. I mentioned how the Hellraiser's position is always fluctuating, so changing. He's on the wagon, he's not on the wagon. And there's another one, on the wagon. When you are on the wagon, you are not drinking alcohol. We spoke about Alcopops, which came out in the 90s. So alcoholic drinks, which are kind of made to seem like soft drinks, like lemonade and things like this. We spoke about Des, the designated driver. Not recommended to be Des, by the way. Go out and get drunk is my advice to you. But don't drive, obviously. Definitely not that. What I'm saying is don't go out, not drink and drive. That's just terrible, especially if you're with lots of people who are drinking. Then we had the word upselling. When people upsell you, for example, a double whiskey and Coke, that means when you're already buying something and then someone tries to sell you something else. We spoke about how alcohol has been and is so ingrained in our culture, such a big part of it. Then we spoke about going on a bender. So a bender when you go out, let's say at 3pm on a Saturday and you may not come home till 3pm on Monday. That would be a two day bender. And then we had let's go with that when we were talking about the story about when I woke up in my bed covered in sick and the Hellraiser said, weren't we drinking triples? And I said, let's go with that. Okay, let's just say that's true, even though it's probably not. So there we have it. All of the vocabulary is on the website, rockandrollenglish.com. Click podcast episodes, then click the latest episode. I will talk to you all very soon, people. But in the meantime, just keep on rocking, baby. Thanks so much for listening to Rock and Roll English. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit rockandrollenglish.com and facebook.com slash rockandrollenglish. We'll catch you next time.